It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cold and flu season is not the best time to be stuck in a clinic waiting room. With Ogden Clinic's net check-in feature, you can schedule an urgent care visit from home. We'll provide an approximate arrival time so you can wait at home instead of our lobby. Visit ogdenclinic.com slash check-in to start using net check-in. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L. Jay LaFura alongside me. I have Brandon Karam. We are a belly up sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ doing good. We have officially made it to opening day or the week of opening day. I should say opening week Eve, opening week Eve. Um, the minor league season LJ, I believe starts tomorrow. Tuesday the 5th, the Syracuse Mets open up against the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders. We'll be attempting to get to a game soon um, for the Syracuse Mets out here. But regardless, we are four days away from opening day. And, you know, morales are high. And I can't wait. And we, we've got a really special show for you here today with our top 10 favorite players. We did this last year. We're doing it once again. We're going to give you our top favorite players that are not on our favorite teams like the Red Sox or the Yankees. Yeah, I believe. Our, yeah, really, our only rule with this. And then the only thing we again, you don't really need to justify anything because how do you justify your own personal opinion of just who you like, who brings you joy? Uh, no, the only rule we set for ourselves was they cannot have played for the Red Sox or the Yankees at any point during their career. But we have other news to cover first before we get to our favorite players list. And we want to start with uh, the Oakland A's who made a trade involving Sean Manaya and they sent him to the San Diego Padres. Uh, and 
they will get back Adrian Martinez, who did pitch in the majors in 2021 a little bit for the Padres. But this is a trade that has seemed inevitable for quite a while now. Sean Mania, a guy that the A's have been trying to move uh, as they're just completely selling their team off. We saw Matt Olson leave, Matt Chapman leave, Chris Bassett uh, get traded as well. So just another salary dumping move for Oakland. Um, with the trade, they are now at $33 million. Um, there's a few teams that will be spending more monthly on their payroll than the A's will be spending for the year. Um, also, if you buy MLB The Show 22, which comes out tomorrow, you spent more money off in this in this offseason than the Oakland A's owner. So just remember that. That's okay. That's okay. Look, I was on, so I was on No Credentials Required last night. Um, go check it out for our buddy and all of it, everybody. Go check out anything on the uh, Belly Up Podcast Network or Belly Up Media Network now. We are Belly Up Media. Um, my point being, he asked if this was just a matter of money and just a matter of, actually, he likened it to potentially what happened in Montreal, where they started selling off and selling off to further justify them moving the team for five years after five years of just absolutely tanking to get to Washington. And I said, you know, it's just not like that because yes, they had good pieces, but last year showed that even when they went and added pieces, it wasn't enough. The roster that they had, the core they had was not enough to get them to the playoffs. And that's that whole team's MO. Their MO isn't, we're going to spend it to win a championship we're going to make the playoffs each year and we're going to hope to get lucky is their plan. If they can no longer do that, then what's the point of them both investing an obscene amount of money into guys like Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, but also what's the point of just kind of treading water right below that mark. So overall it just, it makes more sense for them to do the sell-off. The thing that irritates me more is what on earth is this trade to San Diego like, no, like, like the San Diego of all places, it irritates the crap out of me because yesterday morning I was reading the reports that the Padres were aggressively shopping their catchers and their starting pitching because they've got three really good catchers and they have an exorbitant amount of guys who either are starters or could be starters for this team. I mean... Let's go through, including Sean Manaya. Now you have Hugh Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Sean Manaya, Nick Martinez, Blake Snell. That's your current projected starting rotation. Dinelson Lamette can and easily should give you starting time. If you I need think it. they want to make him the closer, actually. That's what oh, I, I, know, I know. I know they want to, but he could definitely do it. If, they, if it came down to things and he hadn't locked that closer role up, I mean, you think um, Drew Pomeranz should be back at some point. Yeah. Um, and don't forget about Mike Clevenger, who will be yeah, back no, at some point. I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting there. I was just talking about the relief guys with uh, Drew Pomerantz. So, like, there's an opportunity where he might not necessarily be needed as the closer. But so that's six. Chris Paddock, seven. Mike Clevenger, eight. Adrian Morejon isn't that bad a, a guy either. Let's call that nine. And then Mackenzie Gore is ten. You've got, R- like. Ryan Weathers also. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about Ryan Weathers. Dear Lord. Like, Nick Martinez, who they signed to an extension. Yeah, already, uh, I think I already mentioned him, but still, that's like 10 or 11 starters 
that should be playing in the majors on this team. So Mackenzie Gore is going to be like an ace at some point. (laughs) It's it's what we're thinking. So I will be genuinely shocked. Actually, no, I'm not angry right now about this trade. Let me amend that statement. I'm not angry about it now. I will be angry about this trade in favor of the Padres. I'll be angry at the Padres unless they make another move because this seems like the type of move you make when you already have something else in mind, when you already have a potential Blake Snell suitor in your back pocket that you're going to be able to move off one of these either bigger contracts or higher profile players for another really good impact bat impact relief piece. There has to be another move coming. I refuse to believe that they just decided to stock up on every single pitcher and completely change their off season focus in a course of six hours. That just doesn't make any sense to me. And what also doesn't make sense is that you look at their outfield. They could really use another corner outfielder. I mean, as of right now, their left field spot, I'm assuming, is going to be some sort of platoon between Jerks and Profar and Matt Beatty. I mean... Well, you for- should also take into consideration that there's a chance you end up seeing a lot of Tatis out there as well. Tatis, I mean, but for the first few months, you're going to need yes, somebody yes, yes. out there. Um and I don't know. I, I understand why they wanted to trade away Eric Hosmer because he's just a ground ball machine and is not all that anymore. He's still good, but I think he's better used in um, more situational hitting um, and not really a guy that I'd be comfortable penciling in the middle of the lineup every day. I understand why they wanted to trade him, especially because you just got Luke Voigt, a guy who can – Hold his own at first base. He's certainly not going to bring you a lot of positive value over there, but he can hold his own in the field. Uh, Just weird roster construction right now for to, and it's way too close to the season starting LJ for teams to still be kind of screwing around like this, but yeah, but we lost all that time. You got to think about this is all a condensed window. We're going to see moves right up until opening day. I'm sure of it. And I think we're going to see like really weird in-game stuff uh, in the first month. Like I think we could see starting pitchers maybe only going three innings and that's it. That too. But I think now that you mentioned it, Eric Hosmer is the biggest piece that they have to fill. Even if they weren't able to get him to the Mets, which I didn't really like that fit at all for the Mets. But if they can get that contract or the majority of that contract off of their books, all of a sudden now you can really see them go and – find some form of impact bat it's just it's such a spot that's weighing them down i don't have any qualms about luke voigt playing in the field i mean you we've certainly seen a lot worse players defensively than luke voigt would be and so overall it's just they're in a situation where they have to put eric hosmer in the middle of the order because they don't have enough true impact bats to take him out of that spot but at the same time he's the thing that's keeping them from adding more impact bats it's like that i don't know what we'd call that but like that weird situation where it's like he's he's the problem but he's also causing the problem in two different ways lj there was a weird um or not weird but there was a tweet that just came out that says the san diego padres are keeping sean Manaya, have no plans to flip him However, they are continuing to engage with teams on starter Chris Paddock. 
Were they trying to to flip Sean Mania? I mean, if if it says they have, I think what that's a matter of is everyone saw that they were trying to get rid of starting pitching, and all of a sudden they go and grab him, and so I, he of course gets thrown into those rumors. But you don't you don't just trade for somebody to flip them, like especially like in this short of turnaround. It's one thing if it's a season later, but year of that's not what happens no shamanaya was a move where they had an opportunity to get a guy at a relatively discounted rate that's going to be a he certainly deserves to be in the top three of that rotation and that all of a sudden gives them the flexibility to move even more starting pieces going forward that's what that move is i don't think anyone really should have been buying in that seriously to the fact that they could flip Hmm. him well um Certainly still a lot to be talked about there, but we have to move on to our next topic. And let's talk about uh, some of these young prospects, LJ, some of the top prospects in the league getting uh, named to their opening day rosters. Today, the big name was Julio Rodriguez, the number three overall prospect in the MLB for the Seattle Mariners. He makes... The Mariners opening day roster after a spring slash line of 419, 471 on base percentage and an 839 slugging percentage. Three homers, four doubles, eight ribbies, three stolen bases. Uh, LJ, I can't wait to see this guy play, especially when you think about how much depth that Seattle outfield has. Uh, There's going to be a lot of in-team competition for those outfield spots here because you've got Hanniger, Julio Rodriguez, Jared Kellenick. Let's not forget about the guy that won the 2020 Rookie of the Year, Kyle Lewis. Uh, Taylor Trammell is also uh, on the, in this Seattle organization. So really nice to see Julio Rodriguez get called up, but uh, certainly something to keep your eye on is how they end up sorting out who gets those three starting spots in the outfield, LJ. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think you won't have this question by the trade deadline. Let's make that very clear. There are too many high-quality young bats in this outfield, I think, or that could play the outfield for them to keep everyone. Like, it just makes it makes no sense at this point because – if you're going to really develop these guys, the one thing you need to do is you need to give them playing time. At this point, if you really want this group to be your competitive core, there is no reason that Jared Klinek and Julio Rodriguez are not in the lineup at least five days a week for the first month of the season. After that, if you want to send one of them down because it's not going well to start with, that's another thing. But if things are going well, you need to feed these guys. Same thing with a guy like Kyle Lewis. Overall, it's just at least one, if not two of these guys is going to be moved at the trade deadline. I'd be willing to bet at this point, if I had to say it, it's probably going to be Kyle Lewis or Mitch Hanniger. Maybe both that end up gone, depending on what they can get for him. But like, you know, you, you have to emphasize playing time at this point in these got all of these guys' development rather than getting everyone in and seeing who can do what. You've got to give them the actual chance to, like, get comfortable. 
Yeah, Haniger is a guy that I think a lot of teams are going to be calling up Seattle about at the trade deadline. He's a free agent uh, after this season, so you can get him on that half-year rental and then perhaps try to extend him in the offseason to avoid free agency. Uh, I think that he's kind of he's going to be like um, not as sought after as Chris Bryant, of course, because um, it's Chris Bryant. But with this low of an arbitration number, LJ, only $7.7 million for Mitch Hanniger. A lot of teams would be willing to take on half of that uh, to have him for a potential playoff run, kind of like a Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario type that we saw the Braves go after uh, this year. But if Seattle is competitive, uh, I would honestly uh, keep him. Remember, this is a team that has not made the playoffs in 2001, and, and I'm not sure how it would feel among the fan base if they were trading away players in the middle of a season where they still could potentially make it. Well, it's a matter of you got to also stabilize yourself for long-term success. Like, if I'm the Mariners, yes, it's important to make the playoffs, but making the playoffs shouldn't be the only thing. Like, there's some franchises in sports where it's like, oh, we made the – honestly, it's been the Knicks lately. Oh, we made the playoffs. That's a, that's a successful season. Or we've, we've made it where we need to be. That was their goal for their franchise rebuild. That can't be the goal of a franchise rebuild. It has to be to win the World Series. And so if you do have trouble where you don't know where these guys are going to slot in, I mean, the other guy that you could consider is Jesse Winker. Again, I think he's too good a fit in that. Yeah, how did I forget Jesse Winker? Yeah. No, no. I I mean, I don't think we did because, again, he, he is a perfect slot in for the DH spot right now. But if – all is said and done and he doesn't have that good a year they could move him at the deadline as well and just stick with these other guys but overall I just I don't know I think Hanniger he'll be 32 when he goes to free agency are you really going to want to pay him especially when last year was his first like great great year 39 home runs um but only a 318 on base percentage I'm not 100% sold. He needs to do more for me to really consider investing in him with all the other outfield pieces they have. So it's probably just better to cut cut that part loose when you get a good offer. And I mean, realistically, the players were upset about it last year when they traded um, Graveman. But at the end of the day, it worked out so much better for them. I mean, they end up going and getting Diego Castillo and the rest of that bullpen worked really well after he was gone. So I have faith in what they've got going in this Seattle front office to be able to make quality trades and move on to guys in the right time. Well, the other big guy that also made his major league roster is on the Detroit Tigers, and that is Spencer Torkelson, uh, a guy that I'm certainly very excited to watch this year. Uh, I believe he was the first overall pick in the 2020 draft, correct? Yes. Yes. First overall pick in the 2020 draft. And from what I've seen, LJ, this guy is, it's just light tower power. Yeah. Yeah. That's overall the way I've been feeling. And it's such a cool opportunity for Detroit fans to get a guy like this, who, if he, lives up to his potential will be that guy he'll be that stud 
for this franchise for many years. And Detroit, respect them. For a mid-sized market, they're very good, very similar to Cincinnati about keeping their franchise guys around and investing in those types of players. So if you're a Detroit Tigers fan, it has to be exciting to go from Miguel Cabrera to this guy right after, especially after I haven't, I'm not sure if any pictures or video were taken, but I did see the description of how he found out he was making it to the big league roster. Brandon, did you see that? I did. LJ, you can explain it. Yeah, he uh, got called in, had a little meeting where Miguel Cabrera was there, and Miguel, Miguel Cabrera gives him a first baseman's glove, passing on that torch to this young guy, to this guy who's going to hopefully lead this franchise for a very long time. And while they're not like perfect mirror image players, I see a lot of similarities. I mean, you think about that power overall, a plus hitter in Spencer Torkelson. It's going to be really cool to see uh, those two kind of work with each other and for him to learn from Miggy. LJ, there was actually more to that story. I'm not sure if you saw. So AJ Hinch originally called Torkelson into his office. Um, he There was like a little miscommunication in the infield the other day and they dropped a fly ball in spring training and he called him into the office and obviously has Cabrera there and they're kind of like trying to take him through what went wrong and they're saying you know you really can't be making these mistakes you know something like that you just got to call it off and somehow they just end up getting to that point where then it's like oh no actually uh you're in here because you made the roster we could really give uh, a care about <laughs> one dropped fly ball you're you're gonna be much better than than that uh and you know i really like what this tigers team is doing lj you said it perfectly they keep the fans happy they now have their first round pick in 2020 on the team their first round pick in 2018 in in a Casey Mize on the team and their first round pick in 2016 who was Matt Manning and he's on the team so we see a team that has a lot of guys that they drafted early on that have been able to get them to the majors and you just love to see that because it shows that they're putting resources into making sure that these guys get up to the major leagues. Thank you for saying that because, I mean, first off, yes, you're 100% right there, but you did finally remind me of the guy that I forgot to put on my honorable mentions. So thank you there. Um, <laughs> you'll figure out one of the players that he named that ended up being is shortly. But, Brandon, there was a couple other guys that made it. One guy in particular that you'll be hearing a little more about next week is Hunter Green of the Cincinnati Reds makes the opening day roster and is slated to start on Sunday for the Reds. Brandon, we had a great conversation with the guy from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Charlie Goldsmith. Saturday. And it was, yeah, it was very informative. It was a lot of fun to talk to this guy. And he really, he feels very good. It seemed about the future of this team. Yeah, I'm very happy. I just totally zoned out during that part. I'm so sorry. That didn't come across well at all, but Brandon, continue. No, I'm very happy to see Hunter Green uh, make his debut with the Reds. And be sure to check out the show on Saturday when we do have um, Charlie Goldsmith on. 
We had a very nice conversation with him about the Reds, what to expect from them this year. Uh, really great talk with him. So be sure you check us out on Saturday uh, when we'll be doing that. But, LJ, I believe it is time to talk about an extension real quick. And then, or no, we have to talk about Lance no, Lynn. Extension. Extension? Yeah. All right. Um, so, Emmanuel Classe, five-year, $20 million extension with the Cleveland Guardians, $2 million signing bonus, and, I mean, great for the Guardians. This is an absolute steal if they can get him on $4 million a year for the next five years. Uh, overall, just a w in in my book I, I don't see any problems with this other than you haven't extended jose ramirez yet at the same time that might be again a little bit too much past their breaking point but at the end of the day this team seems willing to do it when the price is right like they're not like they aren't like tampa they're not like oakland where they refuse to spend money just for the sake of refusing to spend money this team wants to keep these guys around if they can afford it. They're just victim of a minor budget. So when you're able to get a gift like this Class A extension, it is such a welcome thing because this guy is probably, I feel like he's the most underrated closer in ba baseball, not because people don't think he's good, but because he's not consistently talked about within that those top five, that top three where reasonably he is. I mean, you look at like fancy baseball pro projections, it feels like he's like third or fourth in projections, but then nobody ends up taking it. Like people are so unsure of him unnecessarily right now that I'm looking forward to him maybe being able to change that narrative this year. Absolutely. And I will uh, mention this really quick. The one thing we were going to touch on, Lance Lynn is going to be out um, for the first four weeks of the season had to undergo knee surgery, shut down for, for the first four weeks. So should be back roughly late May is what they're targeting right now, but a big blow to the White Sox starting rotation. But we will be covering all the teams in depth Wednesday for our preseason primer. Uh, be sure to check that out. That will be by far the most uh, in-depth show that we do the whole season. How, how long did we go last year? Like close to two hours. I think we'll be able to get it down we're to about an hour, an hour and a half this year. Where's the fun in that, Brandon? We're we're breaking the two hour mark. mark okay, if you wanna, if if you say so, we can we can do. Wednesday is, Wednesday is my longest day of the week, and I am committed. Okay, as all right. Two, out two, by eight o'clock, I'm fine. All right, that's that's fine with me. So, I think I think it's about that. time that we run through our favorite players list. Um, for like some of these guys, uh, I don't want to sound repetitive, so I'm not going to yeah. say much about them. But if I all can, of these players I like, and they're all very good at baseball. I'll say that at the start. Yeah, to jump in here first off, um, again, very little explanation really should be needed other than us just really this should be a matter about like romanticizing the best players in the game. Like, you know, that's really what this is about. No real context there's no real good justification i certainly can't tell somebody that it's a snub before we got on there was somebody that missed brandon's list barely made my list that i was surprised didn't make his list based on past conversations but like 
that's like not even me trying to say like, oh, you screwed up your list. There's no screwing up this list. The one thing I did want to say before we started was it feels like a lot has changed and yet nothing has changed, at least for my list personally. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, a lot of the same names uh, towards the top. You know, none of the players that fell off the list did anything tremendous to end up falling off the list for me. So um, a lot of the same names, and it's it's guys that I'm comfortable with. Yeah, so Brandon, why don't you go ahead? You only had, last year we did the top 10 and then five honorable mentions. Brandon, you only had two this year. Why don't you go ahead and talk about them? Sure. So, of course, we had to throw in, hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. Anthony Rendon of the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, Thought about not putting him on the list because of his rough 2021, but Tony was hurt. I can't blame him. He's going to come back and start raking again. So, uh Big ups to Tony, and good luck on your 2022 season. Uh, second, on my honorable mention, I had Cattell Marte of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, dude just has a cool name. I mean, it flows off the tongue really good, and he's also a really versatile player and just a guy that I enjoy watching play. So that's those two that were on my honorable mention list. LJ, there was one guy that you ended up remembering as we were talking about the Tigers. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start with that guy, Casey Mize. Look, I've been hyping him up for the last year. There was no way he should have not made it into this conversation of my favorite players. Dude's going to be an outright stud in the next couple of years. Should Again, I will say it again, should have been an all-star last year, but that'll be the last, that might be the last you, I, you hear me complain about him. Other than that, I do have two more pitchers on my honorable mention list. Zach Wheeler, I just love a workhorse arm. I really do. Anyone who's going to be able to go in and eat as many innings as Zach Wheeler does for his team, I respect the heck out of that and love to see them succeed. And then, of course, Ian Anderson of Upstate New York fame. Absolutely. Past that, that, we've got, you know, Fernando Tatis, obvious reasons. Byron Buxton, look, him and Trout both couldn't make my top 10 because of the injuries and overall it just kind of really sours you on them when you don't actually get to see them. Like even if the talent is there, even if the excitement is there, but in my opinion, Buxton with his speed, his athleticism and what he's able to do now offensively just brings so much to the game. It's so much fun to watch. 
and I'm looking forward to a potentially healthy season from him. And then Jesse Winker now uh, assumed designated hitter, but also left fielder for the Seattle Mariners. I've been high on this guy going into the year, and then he continues to just make me laugh. He basically pulled himself into this list entirely with his preseason in Seattle because you have the added benefit of where he'll be and all of that that has me excited. And then you have all of the sound bites that have come from his ESPN games where they get him on the mic. Brandon, he's been an absolute wild ride. He accidentally, he accidentally predicted a home run for his team. Um, what else happened? Oh, the big one, of course, is Jesse Winker, if you didn't know, is a devout member of Bill's Mafia. Love it. No, look, legitimately. It. And so, like, they asked him on the broadcast and got him to admit to the fact that he has jumped through tables as well and will continue to do so and has no qualms about saying that to a national broadcast knowing that it's 100% going to come back to his uh, employers. And I just love the hell out of that. That's absolutely wonderful. Uh, Jesse Winker, got to love him now on, you know, new new team. Hopefully some new fans can start to support him and his popularity continues to rise. Uh, should I get into my guy I have at number 10? Absolutely. I've got Justin Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was also number 10 on my list last year. Uh, look, I mean, you know, he comes to the Dodgers in his age 29 season. And that's when you kind of start to expect a guy not to start going downhill, but certainly their prime years, you don't expect to start to happen then. And in the eight years he's played for the Dodgers, the level of consistency that he's had is you can't really find anywhere else. Uh, he seems to not be getting that much worse as he gets into his older 30s. I mean, dude's coming off of a 2021 season where he had a 123 OPS plus at age 36. Uh, and the dude is just a tank. I mean, what other player puts pine tar like over his name? on his jersey like every game like why do you do that it's just justin turner that's why uh also like now that the the dodgers have so many superstars he kind of gets overlooked i don't want to overlook him this is my guy right here i feel like he's always been overlooked i mean this is the guy who i don't think there's a reason that you'd put him under eighth in terms of the best third baseman in the league but that's the lowest I've seen him ranked and not felt it to be like blasphemous. So I'm all in on Justin Turner as well. But my number 10, Michael Kopech of the Chicago White Sox. This dude, you watch him pitch. It's just so explosive and it's just so, it's beautiful to see. It's art, what he's doing out there. Just great power pitcher, even coming back from injury. And now that we've seen him in both roles, he can clearly, if he wanted to, he could be a closer. He's definitely a bet better off as a starter, but I loved him in the relief role. I loved him as a starter his rookie year before he got hurt, and I'm going to adore him as a starter this year for the White Sox. Well, for number nine on my list, I had to go with Zach Granke, another returner on my list from the previous season. And uh, I have... A few Zach Granke anecdotes here for you, because what would it be, LJ, if there was no um, 
you know, Zach Cranky quotes. So we have uh, found. Him, him talking about golf. He said, I don't play anymore because I know I'm not going to be a pro golfer. So there's no reason to golf. Thoughts? That's probably, that's probably the same reason he stopped playing shortstop after he was told he wasn't going to be able to make the majors as a shortstop. He said, hold on, I need to find, there was one really good one. These are like bad quotes. I don't know why this site, I want like, yeah, here's the fun quotes list. He said, or I think we've talked about this one, how they, how he got a samurai sword for winning yeah. the Cy Young, and that's the only award he's ever kept in his life because it was so cool. I also like his uh, Chipotle investments that he got from Arizona. Yes, no, he will not pay, he will not pay for guac uh, on his bowl. Ever again. All right, well, number nine, as long as Brandon is all set there, coming down, dropped seven spots for me from two all the way down to nine. Corey Seager, very explosive. Just it's hard to invest yourself in a guy who's on a team with that many stars and also had so many health issues. And so the other guys around him, the rest of these guys on this list, just had such impressive seasons and impressive seasons during the year that we both watched the most baseball we ever have. And so they, the guys that did well last year definitely left more of an impression on us than anything that had happened before. He just kind of has to fall off for me. All right. Next up, I've got Randy Arozarena. Uh, actually, so funny story. Moved into college in the during the 2020 season. My roommate does not watch baseball. Uh, has never really had an interest in baseball. So naturally, I get him into the MLB a little bit. We start watching the playoffs, and this guy Randy Arozarena is just lighting it up. Uh, what 10 home runs during that playoff run or something like that and slowly becomes his favorite player we get back to this year's playoffs and my friend of course just a very casual watcher of baseball starts tuning in during the playoffs and he watches Randy Arozarena steal home against the Red Sox and the point is this guy is electric who's stealing home in a playoff series the guy elevates his game in October, which is when it matters. And the fact that this guy is just significantly better in the playoffs than he is in the regular season, even though he's a really good regular season player, how can you not love this guy? He he performs when you need him to. Except for in the beginning of April. That he, then he can't field for shit. Um also, I'm adding to my honorable mentions list a guy that just happened to come up in a fan graph search by accident, Wandy Olabisi. Cool. Played three, seasons, played three seasons of minor league baseball for the uh, San Diego Padres. Might be my new favorite name in baseball. But number eight for me, Josh Hader. Look, this guy's probably the best closer I can remember, best reliever I can vividly remember, and certainly the only one that would be eligible for this list because of the Red Sox. So, certainly a guy I will continue to root for. Well, I've got his teammate Corbin Burns up next. Uh, his 2021 season just made me fall in love with him. I love the way this guy approaches every batter. Uh, just 
the fact that he doesn't walk like anybody and has such a high strikeout rate is incredible to me, especially in today's game. Uh, leads the league in both strikeouts per nine and home runs per nine last year. Really impressive and definitely should have deserved the Cy Young Award. Glad he got it. Uh, and hopefully he can go back to back. I would love to see that. Uh, but the Brewers, low key, a lot of their guys I like a lot. Uh, they're just a fun team. That's why I forgot. I'm terrible at making these lists. Willie Adams 100% should have been somewhere in here. But um, talking about guys I mentioned, it's fun to watch Michael Kopech pitch. It's funner, even more fun, whatever we might need to create a new adjective to describe watching Jacob deGrom pitch at his best. Honestly, no, it's even fun to do it at his worst. When he is hurt, he is a significantly better pitcher than the rest of the world. Guys like Jacob deGrom and one other guy up farther on this list for me, these are the guys that are the reason that when I play MLB The Show, I almost always am a pitcher. I just find, because when you can do the stuff that these guys do, it's so much more fun to watch. It's so much more, more fun to see when these elite-level pitchers are able to make batters look absolutely silly. All right, up next, I've got Trey Turner of the L.A. Dodgers, another really versatile player. I love those guys that can play both infield and outfield uh, and impacts the game in so many ways. Uh, he, he steals bases. He hits home runs. Just such a well-balanced hitter. He won the batting title in 2021. And a guy that's finally getting more national recognition because he's on the Dodgers, uh, but is legitimately one of the best players in the league year in, year out, uh, and it's just so much fun to watch. So Trey Turner uh, also does a really cool slide where he like pops up. I'm sure everybody's seen that slide that he does, uh, but certainly a name you'll be hearing a lot about on this show this year. Yeah, so next up I've got Evan Longoria, third baseman of the San Francisco Giants, he moves up, I guess, four slots, six slots. He's up to six from an honorable mention last year. This guy was one of the cooler guys to watch or at least have go against Boston, except I didn't really want to see him. I didn't want to see him do well, of course, but he was just such a good player. And you, you had to know the name Evan Longoria growing up as an AL East fan. And so that already started me liking this guy. And then he comes back and has this really, what I believe is a career resurgence for him in 2021. Had he not been hurt and is he, he'll be able to continue that production. Had he continued his production from the first half of the season, he's an MVP candidate, at least gets votes. So this is a great step in the right direction for Evan Longoria, both on this list and in the league. Up next, I have another returner. And it is Brewster Gratterall of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, first of all, his name sounds like, uh, I don't know, like a chemical that is very dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. It's what Brewster Gratterall sounds like to me. Uh, and the dude looks like he's just lobbing a wiffle ball in with his, with his form. Yeah, he throws like 103 with arm side movement. Uh, 
pretty scary. And if you watched the 2021 postseason at all, you saw this guy was a force to be reckoned with uh, in all three series. He pitched in the wild card game, pitched in, pitched a lot in that DS against the Giants, and uh, did pitch against the Braves quite a bit as well. Guy only allowed one run in over seven innings of work this postseason and looked really good. And I was going to say would would have been the Dodgers' closer this year, but they have Craig Kimbrell now. But we'll fill in very nice as a seventh and eighth inning setup, man. All right, coming in for my fifth, we have the former free agent extraordinaire, Frederick Freeman. He, of course, Frederick. Frederick. Um, he goes to the Dodgers, finally gets to go home. He's just a very likable guy, a team leader all that time in Atlanta. And so it's great to see him doing doing well, winning championships, winning MVPs. And now he gets this feel-good story of returning to his hometown team. That's just fantastic to see. Another guy who I consider a team leader and another returner on my list, Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Guardians has been a part of the organization since 2013 when he was just 20 years old. Since then has put together one of the most productive first tens or first nine seasons in a big league career in major league history. And a guy that is a Yankee killer. Uh, when the Yankees play the Indians, Jose Ramirez rakes. And that's really all you need to know about this guy. Uh, I hate him when he plays the Yankees and love him against everyone else. Quick stat for you, 44 career games against the Yankees. He has 11 home runs and a 391 batting average and and a 1.128 OPS. So, Yankee Ooh. killer. LJ, that's good for a 162 OPS plus. Ooh. Coming at my number four, Joey Votto had another fantastic season, had another fantastic back half of the season. The dude just loves warm weather, but also decided to spend his entire career in Ohio. So maybe he should have prioritized other things. Not really sure. Not my place to judge. The one thing I will judge, Brandon, you have to have seen his TikTok at this point, correct? It is easily the best page on the app. Joey Votto has TikTok. You don't, didn't know this yet? No. Oh my gosh. Not only does he have TikTok, it is the single funniest TikTok page you've ever seen. It is the single least expecting. Like, just the content that he creates is so wild, so out there, so um, a little bit edgy at times, at least, for what you'd ex- at least for what you'd expect from a upper 30s guy. Like, Joey Votto just seems a very straight and narrow. And then you see him on TikTok and it's just, it brings a smile to your face. He ended up moving up two slots almost entirely because of TikTok. He's also really cool too. So he's a cool guy too. Again, he, he got on this list for a reason. Partially nostalgia, partially great play. But the TikTok, you got to see these TikToks. I, I'll send you something after well, while LJ is sending me Joey Votto TikToks, I will be telling you guys about Shohei Otani. Um, 
LJ, do we want to talk about how you were a Shohei Otani hater going into last year? I'm going to be a Shohei Otani hater basically every year because I don't, like, I respect him. I appreciate him. What he is doing is amazing. But at the same time, I don't understand how he's doing it. So I kind of have to just keep betting against him until he doesn't do anymore. It's the same reason I can't pick him for MVP this year. Because if he stays healthy, he's the MVP again this year, and he's the MVP next year, and he's the MVP after that. But doing double duty, I don't understand how he's able to make it through a full year. He's a robot. Um, I think what happened was he got on the Angels. Albert Pujols stayed for a few years to give him his robot powers. Um, and then once once a Pujols left, he, he channeled all of the energy. I, I'm just speaking out of my ass at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Shohei Otani is great. He's great for the game. Uh, just completely revolutionized baseball, really. Um, and it's must-watch TV when he's both uh, going to be pitching and hitting in the same game. It's going to be must-watch. So how can you not love Shohei Otani and the fantasy baseball team, the We Stan Otanis, will be back this year and will not be – drafting a player with the most amount of money for the auction who ends up getting hurt halfway through the year. R.I.P. Ronald Acuna. Okay, next story. <laughs> um, yeah, a little update on the Joey Votto thing. He actually deleted the best one. No. Which I kind of understand because he was like out by his pool and it was this, I believe the uh, account was something like, you know, like Cougar Mom or something. And she was basically saying, it's summertime. It's summertime. Where are my pool boys? And stuff like that. And then he like sees the video and like freaks out. And then he runs over to get his uh, the pool cleaning net and comes running back to the camera over with it. Like this is the type of content you're signing up for with Joey Vada. I love it. Um, I'm up next. Oh my gosh, I was looking for TikToks the whole time. Bryce Harper. Okay, this is actually it's pretty easy. Um, dude's just a goat. I mean, he just hits bombs. And then more bombs, and then bombs after that. And best of all, he cares nothing of what you think about him whatsoever. This dude has seen hate ever since his MVP season and is completely immune to it now. That's part of the reason I love it. Maybe he'll be able to show us um, in the playoffs this year what he can do. Maybe. Maybe. That's a big ask. Ronald Acuna up next. Um, Look, the guy was the best player on the team that won the World Series and only played for half the season. It's about all you need to know. He's 23. He's already hit over 100 career homers. Career on base percentage, 376. Pretty solid. Um, made the All-Star game last year. Was going to be on track to probably... Um, I don't know if he would have won NL MVP over Bryce Harper, but was on pace for like over 40 homers, over 100 RBIs, close to a 300 batting average. So it would have been close. Can't wait to see what he can do when he stays fully healthy and uh, just one of the most electric players in the league. Certainly carries a swagger about him that really makes me like him. And same with the guy who's number one overall. They just uh, carry themselves as baseball players in a way that is so amusing to me. 
All right, coming into my number two, formerly my number one from last year, Justin Verlander. The dude's a machine. I mean, he's not the machine, but he's a machine when it comes to pitching. So technical, so precise, so smart about everything that he does. There is a reason he is able to contend for Cy Young's at this at his age, and I feel very confident that he's going to have a huge bounce-back season now that he's back and healthy. All right, and number one for me is Juan Soto. Look, I don't need to talk about his hitting stats. We all know what he does. It's the fact that it could be any pitcher on the mound, like Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, Corbin Burns, anyone on the mound, Max Scherzer, and if they throw him a ball, he's going to grab his crotch and jump around in the dirt and scrape the batter's box up and stare at you. And he's 22. <laughs> and <laughs> now he's 23. And the fact that he's been doing that since he was 19, the the dude just does not get intimidated by, by any pitcher. He's more intimidating than, than anything. I mean, how do you do that? Where you are facing one of the best pitchers in the league, they throw you a strike right over the middle of the plate, and you're just like, nah, I'm just going to stare at you now and grab my crotch and just kick the dirt around. I'm too good. I'm too good. That's basically what he, what he tells the pitchers. And he's going to finally win MVP this year. So there's that. Well, speaking of guys who could easily win MVP this year, my number one, it's Wander Franco. I can't believe I'm picking my number one in division. It feels wrong to do, but this guy is... The team that beat you in the playoffs last year. No, uh, no. Or didn't beat you, sorry. The team that you beat in the playoffs. Did not beat us. They, but, sorry. Like, this this dude is an absolute machine. They've only given out 280 grades for hit their hit people's hit tool in the history of the league. It was Vlad, or at least in the last like 15, 20 years, Vlad, Vladdy Guerrero and Wander Franco are the only two, and they're both living up to the hype. If I'm correct, I might be pulling the wrong number. He's got like a 17% strikeout rate. It's an obs- like obscenely low for the league, and obscenely low for a rookie in the league. He's only going to get better as a contact hitter. He's only going to get better as a power hitter. And we've already seen the defensive skill, even though there were some early mishaps last year. This dude's going to be so fun to watch. There's a reason, again, if, if I don't even need to use stats to tell you how good this guy is. Tampa was willing to pay him. Like, pay him, pay him. Give him actual money for his goods and services. So that should show you, of all the teams to do it, it was them. That's really a show of his talent. And LJ, I know you said that you don't need stats, but I'm going to give you the one that you mentioned. It's actually a lot better than you thought. It is a 12% strikeout rate compared to the league average of 23.2%. And that's in year one. And the walk rate is still not above league average either, which is going to come up eventually. (laughs) It's just so scary. It's so scary. We're like... He hasn't necessarily had the time to give teams a reason to walk him. So you can only do so much at that point. It's going to keep getting better. Well, 
That's our list. Favorite players of t- going into 2022. We'll be back Wednesday. Preseason primer. LJ, you want to tell us, tell the audience everything that will be on the preseason primer Wednesday? Yes, we will be talking about the Baltimore Orioles, the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> okay. <the> <laughs> <laughs> we'll be doing the over/under for wins set by the Las Vegas sports books for every single team. We will be uh, giving you our division winners, wild card winners, award winners, MVP, Cy Young, Manager of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Reliever of the Year, everything. We'll tell you our World Series champion that will 100% be correct. And I did not totally not take Dodgers over Yankees in the World Series last year. I, that, that just did not happen. Brandon, we will even talk about the Miami Marlins. You know, we're actually going to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates and the A's. Ooh, let's not go, let's not go too far, Brandon. That might be a little unrealistic. <laughs> be sure to tune in Wednesday night. It will be up for you guys to just obsess over as we have opening day on thursday we can't wait one more episode until then but we will see you guys have a good rest of your day and we'll be back wednesday see ya Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 